Welcome to the Hope Frontier Podcast. Hope Frontier is a multimedia platform that dives deep into the Bible, helping you connect God's Word to your life. Check us out on our YouTube channel and HopeFrontier.com. To support our channel, please subscribe and go to our giving page on HopeFrontier.com. Step into your new frontier with hope. Hey everybody, welcome to Hope Frontier. This is Phil, and I'm excited you're with me today. So today we're going to jump into Joshua 2. So in this story, we see how God interacts with people who do not know Him, people who are far away from Him, worshiping other idols, and living a life that's completely separate from what God has called His people to do. So we're going to see how God interacts with them, and actually... How it's really encouraging for us that when we represent the heart of God, when we represent who God really is, other nations, other people can see that and then turn their hearts and join the family of God, which exactly is what God wanted us to do from the very beginning. In the beginning of the existence of man, God created Adam and Eve to to rule the world, to show the world God's creative goodness to really show how, by following God, we can do amazing things under God's guidance. And after the fall happened, there was sin involved in our lives, and it caused people to fight amongst themselves and to cause division and destruction. So it was God's mission and God's desire to bring humanity back together under His rule, which exactly was how He created in the first place. And so now, we have Moses has died, and God is bringing the people back into Israel. But the problem is, there are enemies in Israel. There are other nations there who are worshiping their gods, which is a horrible thing to do because this was God's sacred land, where he was the rightful king of this allotted land. Now, in Deuteronomy, um, God made it very clear that all the other nations of the world were allotted different spiritual entities. God created spiritual beings just as he created humans. And God gave spiritual beings the freedom to operate how they want to, which means do they listen to God or do they disobey God, right? Just like humans, we have free will. Spiritual beings had free will. And some of these spiritual beings decided to rebel against God. And so what did God do? God said, fine, that's your decision. And they ended up having territorial claim in different parts of the world. And so what God is doing here is God is reclaiming his territory, his special possession, which was Israel, which was that sacred area. And so what happened with Moses was he brought the Israel people out of Egypt. That was a spiritual warfare, what God did. God destroyed the spiritual beings of Egypt, humbling them, showing the people of Israel that God is the true God over any other spirits of the world. No matter what the idol promises, no matter what sin may tell you, even if it gives you power and authority, God is stronger and God is better. And so God is bringing his people back into Israel. And all the nations have heard about what God did. And that's important because when we represent who God is, other people hear about it, and it stirs their hearts. But it is still their choice 
if they're going to respond or not. So let's see what happens in Joshua 2. And this story sets up where Joshua is going to look into the land. And he notices there's a city, Jericho, and that's the first stop for the Israelite people. So we're going to read about half of it, take a pause, and then we're going to keep reading the rest of it. So here we go. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. So let's take a quick pause there. God is moving. God is going to do something new here. And the person that he chose to interact with is the farthest we think would be the right representation for the Lord. And this is one reason why we just have to love the way that God acts and the way that God thinks. God will consistently do the thing that is the best, despite what we think is the best. Rahab represents everything that threatens Israel. This is the farthest from who you would expect God to pick. Maybe you would think, well, maybe there God would choose some Israelite wanderer who just happened to be living in Canaan who had that belief of God and was holding on to it. Or maybe you're thinking that there was some Canaanite person living in Jericho who was just upset and fed up with the way that that culture was and wanted to change. But this was not the case at all. Who is Rahab at this point? Well, she's a dominating and aggressive woman. We know that because the way she talks to the Israel people is very direct. Now, I'm not saying she's rude, not saying that she's angry, but she is quite of a strong character. Perhaps this aggressiveness was caused by this culture around her to be more assertive, to be very strong and domineering. It could be. We know that she was a prostitute, which obviously goes against what God wants women to do and men as well. God doesn't want male or female prostitutes. And of course, she's a Canaanite. She was a very much a Canaanite, so she had other gods that she worshipped. So this person is really the opposite of who you think God would work with in order to bring this change. But we can see that God has something intentional here. God wants to see who the people are in the city that would have the right heart to lower themselves down and worship the one true God of all life. So let's keep going. This is verse 4. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. 
And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. And we're going to keep going here. This is verse 8. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Shihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. And we'll pause there. So obviously Rahab knew who these spies were, but she deliberately hid them away from her own people. Now, why would she do that? Well, obviously, we do know that from verse 11, she says that God is the supreme God of the heavens above and earth below. So she understood very clearly that if she would have given over these spies to her king in fear or even in patriotism, it's not going to make a difference because God is supreme. And no matter what she does, it's not going to change the outcome. And I think that's a great way to look at our life. That God, in the end, is going to win. That right now, there are all different problems caused by spiritual evil, caused by humans, caused by a bunch of things. But in the end, God is going to win. So why should we, as people, give our allegiance to these other gods that are going to fail? Well, actually, not even going to fail. They already failed because Jesus rose from the grave. They're just delaying the inevitable. And she's smart. She uses her brain here. And I think this is an amazing thing that God gives us, is this ability to think and reason. I think a lot of people don't really use this reasoning in their life as a form of building faith. God wants us to use our brains to build our faith. So she determined... Well, look what happened to all the other gods that Israel went up against. Because the people in this time era, which to, to some degree are smarter then than they are now, they realized that everything was spiritual. It was not just humans. In our world today, if you ask most people outside, hey, when nation goes to war against nation, when human goes against human, are there any spiritual components involved? And they'll say no. But that is completely not the case. There's a spirit realm around us that is fighting battles. We know in the book of Daniel that Gabriel was at war with the princes of Persia. So we do know that there is a spiritual battle happening daily around us that we don't even see. But Rahab knew it was happening and she looked and saw this God of these people defeated the Egyptians, the Amorites, everybody they came in contact with. So in her logic, those territorial gods, because at the time they believed that different gods had claimed different territories. And that was why they had country boundaries. It was that God's territory. 
which to some degree is true today. She saw that this God of the Bible humbled them so much it wasn't even a battle. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close. God just smashed all of them. So she said, if that God can do that to everybody else, obviously he is stronger, wiser, and more faithful than anything else I know in my life. And that is a huge thing to admit. She basically is admitting that her whole life, everything that she held on to was wrong. All her gods that she worshipped, that she believed in, were nothing compared to this God of the Bible. And she said, why should I be part of that team when I can be part of God's family? And this is the amazing faithfulness that God has for us. Because it doesn't matter what team we used to be a part of. It doesn't matter what our past was. As long as our allegiance is with him here and now. And that is exactly what Rahab does. She shows God her allegiance by action. And this is one of the things that, that God really asks of us as people. God wants us to see our faith in action. This is where you have faith and works, and they work together to show God, to show other people where our heart truly is. Because if you just have faith without any actions, is it really faith? But if you just have works with no faith, is it just religion? Not relationship, but religion. So together, you need faith and works in unison to show God that yes, my heart really does align with you. My heart really does unify with what you want me to do and with who you are as my Lord and Savior. So that's what she says. She basically admits that God's going to win, that no matter what she does, God's going to take over Jericho. And as I said earlier, this is why it's so important that we show other people who God is to us. God wants us to live a life of evangelism, a whole life. This is not just telling people, believe in Jesus and you'll go to heaven, which is good, but it's about living the life of who God is and representing him so people can see. Because the thing that made her believe was seeing how God interacted with the other gods and nations around her. She had seen evidence that God was impacting the Israelite people and bringing down the gods of the other nations. That's what made her change. And so for us, we can see that, yeah, when we don't trust in money, when we don't trust in education, when we don't trust in our positions of power or work or whatever it is, but trust that God is the true giver of all those things to me, we will look different and we will act different than those around us. Of course, it's good to have a, a good job. and Of course, it's good to have a good education. No one says it's not good, right? But when that is the center of our life, when we falsely believe that if we have this education, this job, this relationship, then my life will be complete. Then... I will have what I've been missing, then you are sorely mistaken. So for this woman Rahab, 
she threw all of that away and trusted in God. And she knew that God would provide for her and that God would lead her in the next steps. So this is a big challenge to us, a huge challenge. Do we continue to hold on to the idols we have in our life? Do we continue to squeeze our hands and believe that these, these idols are going to provide for us? That by having enough money, whew, we can finally relax and have peace. That's not going to bring us true peace. Yeah, it can help us. Of course, everyone would feel more comfortable if they have money. But the true peace deep down in our heart that we can't get from anywhere else, it only comes from God. And that is why it is so important that we continue to look at our lives and see, is anything slowing me down? Is anything stopping me from seeing who God really is? Is there anything in my life that is slowing my relationship down? And that just means we got to continue to change our perspective, right? Don't quit your job, all right? Unless it's a bad job, okay? Like bad, I mean like prostitution or something. That's bad, okay? Quit that job. <laughs> but normally, don't quit your job. Don't stop going to school. Continue to do those things. Just shift your focus and realize who is my priority? Who is the one that at the end of the days will always be with me? If God ends the world today, will those things matter? That is the question that we have to continue to ask ourselves. And this is exactly what Rahab does right here, right now. She puts them all down and trusts in God. And what's really encouraging, too, is look at her situation when God does this with her. She's a prostitute living in a sinful city, doing sinful things, who is the opposite of what God described women to be like for that time in that place. So take heart and be encouraged, because if God can choose and work with this woman, he can certainly work with you wherever you are. So let's continue the story. This is verse 12. So Rahab says, Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. We offer you our own lives as a guarantee for safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us this land. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days from the men searching for you. Then, when they have returned, you can go on your way. Verse 17. Before they left, the men told her, We will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on the people inside this house, we will accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. I accept your terms, she replied, and she sent them on their way leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. And we'll stop there. 
So Rahab decides to make an oath with these two Israelite spies. And this is very bold of her because she needs to trust these people. But why does she trust them? Because of who their God is. She understands that these men are faithful to their God. And if God's character is that of faithfulness and love and goodness and grace, then these men will have to respect that and honor that. But it is important to note that they did tell her very clearly that there are exceptions. You must follow this, this, and this. Otherwise, we hold no responsibility. And this is really important for us to understand with our relationship with God. That God does want good things for us. God does want us to be successful. And God does want us to continue to enjoy our life. However, we must make sure that we continue to follow his word and do what he asks of us to do at that time. If we don't live in a way that's going to honor and respect God, it's going to cause us problems at our own expense. It's such a shame when we see Christians fighting with one another, stealing from one another, and then exclaiming, Where is God? Why isn't God helping me? Well, if you cause your own grave, you're going to be living in it yourself. But thankfully, Rahab doesn't do that, which we'll get into another podcast. But it is interesting here, because the Israelite men did follow through and make this oath with Rahab. What we do know is in Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 5, and also Deuteronomy 20, verses 16 through 18, God gave explicit instructions about not entering any treaties with the people of Canaan and did not have any oaths with those people. So what is happening here? If you're an Israelite people and you read this story, you're going to realize, wait a minute here, these Israelites should not have made an oath with this woman. They should have destroyed every single person just like God had instructed. So are these Israelites sinning against God? Why make this treaty at all? Well, obviously here, Rahab declared allegiance to God, not her own gods. So this situation is completely different from others, other stories like the Gibeonites who just tricked the Israelites and continue to worship their own gods. Rahab completely rejected her own gods, thus in turn making her a follower of Yahweh. Therefore, the Israelites can make this oath with her because she has declared allegiance to the one true God. She is one of God's children now, and the Israelite people respect and honor that because of her works and her faith. Together, works and faith let everybody know where your allegiance lies. And what we know is that Rahab eventually becomes the wife of Solomon, who becomes the mother of Boaz, if you remember the the podcast about Ruth. If not, please check that out. And then becomes an ancestor of Jesus. And it's really important for us to continue to see that God loves the heart of people more than their status, more than their accomplishments, more than their 
more than what resources they have. God cares about who they are. If this woman who is so far from God, who is the opposite of what you think an Israelite would be, can become the future great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus, just imagine what he has for you. And placing Rahab here in the book of Joshua is also important because it is really going to show how sin creeps into the hearts of all people around the world, which really shows us why we need to be vigilant against the trappings of sin, against spiritual evil trying to wreck and destroy us from the inside out. So the beginning of Joshua starts out with Rahab and showing how this Canaanite woman left her gods to accept Yahweh. Chapter 6, which we'll get into later after the fall of Jericho, shows Rahab. But then in chapter 7, we have Achan, who is an ethnic Israelite man, who's a leader of his tribe of his peoples. And he sins against God by keeping the silver for himself. It is shocking how different their situations are and how God interacts with both of them uniquely. With Rahab, the prostitute, the one who was from this people group that must be eliminated because they are pure evil, God shows grace and favor, and God is faithful to her. Yet this Israelite leader who knew the Torah at the time, who knew all about God, who was a favored person, ends up being excluded from the family of God and is ordered to be killed because of his sinful heart. God is fair. God is not unjust. He looks at you where you are and sees really what's going on in your heart. We have to be careful and vigilant to not let that sin creep into us just like it creeped into Achan. Because when God gives us a blessing, when God gives us a victory, he's also looking at our heart to see how we're going to act and what we're going to do. So let's be not like Rahab before she was in God's family, okay? We don't want to be like that. But let's be like the Rahab when she had that change of heart. When she threw down her idols, when she threw down her old way of living and really put on this new life with God as her Savior. So let's show all the people around us that God is our true King. And we can show up through the unification of our faith and works together. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'll see you next time on Hope Frontier.